to another edition of Horrifying My Friends. I'm Horhost Trab, a.k.a. The Captain Creature, and joining me as always is producer Kate, the theme queen herself. <laughs> Hello. Uh, I reversed that this time for some reason. Uh, we do not have a guest this week. Uh, this is a, this episode's been like a long time coming. Um, I think it was a couple weeks ago, maybe even a month ago at this point. Uh, we were like gearing up to record this episode, and then we had some like family stuff going on. Like my dad was in and out of the hospital and stuff like that. Like... But just like the, uh, it totally took me out of the mood uh, to record this about the uh, wonderful film Crimes of the Future. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we'll see if Kate uh, shares my sentiment when we get there. And we'll see if I even share my sentiment when we get there. But uh, yeah, the horrors of the hospital. Like the hospital is such a fucking scary, creepy place. Like to me. Like I always, and this hospital, like this wing that he was in, like it reminded me such of like, Halloween two, like it's all empty and shit. Like it was literally like that hospital. Um, just a weird fucking place. You talking about your dad? Yeah, like I think yeah. like post COVID, I think it's like we're more aware of like it's almost like when you step back into that hospital, like COVID is like uh, in this. Listen, I'm not like a conspiracy theorist or nothing. Like, well, I am, <laughs> but I'm not like a COVID denier or whatever. But it's almost like you step into a hospital and, like, COVID is, like, huge again. Because it's, like, you yeah. have to put a mask on. You have to put, like, all the stuff on. And it's just, like, we were doing that, like, all week. And it really got me out of the mood to, you yeah, know, you sit down and record. Yeah, you kind of gotten used to being at home and about in the world. Yeah. Operating as, yeah. like, pre-times. Yeah, and even at work, like. But, you know, I get it. Like, like I said, I get it because it's, like, a bunch of immunocompromised people and stuff in there. Um, Kate, what have you been up to? What have you been watching? Um, I have been reading a lot, reading comics a lot. I jump in and out of comics as uh, a lot of my buddies know, like, you know, DC and Marvel and horror stuff. Um, and just like trying to catch as many TV shows as I can. Like I'm, uh, I'm still, you know, one more Sandman episode. I think I, I think we got two more Sandman episodes Mm -hmm. and, uh, we're in the exact same place that we were with. Uh, Stranger Things, but Sandman's really, <laughs> Sandman's really, really good. No and uh, I do want to start She-Hulk though. Like that show's been getting a lot of hate. And is it um, on Disney? Yeah, I haven't, I haven't watched it yet. So, like, and a lot of the hate it's getting is probably like, you know, the men like complaining that they, they're like, oh, they made another character a female or you know whatever. But that character's been around since the fucking seventies or eighties, so it's like, oh well, we all know how toxic, yeah, these fandoms are. <laughs> um, the Lord of the Rings uh, fandoms are, you know, being assholes about there being black people in it or like, yeah, and like just people of color in general, and it's like it's fantasy, you idiots. Um, yeah, they were going at like Neil Gaiman, yeah. the creator of Sandman on Twitter and they were like, how could you do this to Lord of the Rings? And he doesn't even have anything to do with that. Yeah. Like, he doesn't have anything to do with that show. Um, ma'am, what have you been watching? Uh, so I have been watching squid game. I know I'm way late to the game on that. Um, no pun intended. Uh, it was very big 
like what two years ago or mm-hmm. something yeah pandemic that was like <laughs> um, a big pandemic show but i had put it on my list and just never and felt like i could get into it i felt like it was going to be too intense or like i wouldn't emotionally be able to like enjoy it i just wanted stupid light-hearted stuff to watch for so long um and then brian my husband's on paternity leave right now and i was downstairs like i had done all my work for the day and had like a couple hours to spare and he had started watching squid game and so he caught me up and we've just been watching that in the evenings ever since it's genuinely so good like i i know that you haven't watched it Mm -hmm. um but i think you would really enjoy it if you could if you could sit yourself down long enough to watch a show (laughs) yeah you would really enjoy it what is it like is it like battle royale or like uh hunger games kind of stuff sort of so at, at first these people who are very down on their luck, deeply in debt, are kind of recruited at really to um, come and play, you know, commit to playing these like six games or whatever. Uh, and the winner wins these like major spoils of money, like a lot of money. Um, and they sign on, but they're the rule. They, they don't know what the rules are. They don't know what they're getting themselves into. And so <laughs> in the first game, a bunch of people are murdered. Um, and then the people have there's like a clause in the contract where they can like vote mm-hmm. um and the major if the majority vote to end and back out of the games then they'll send them all home they won't continue um but so and they do that they all like there's like a by one margin you know they go home and then they're all so miserable and realizing that their lives actually like death might be better <laughs> better if they don't have money um and and they all kind of decide to come back actually and compete for all this money uh and so it's like that it's like really really intense um and there's some other storylines that are kind of keeping it also going um like a cop like infiltrates and is he's on the hunt for somebody his brother or something like that and it's, Mm -hmm. it's very cool um we're not done with it by any means but it's pretty intense, really good acting, some good character. Like you get deep into these characters too, which is nice. I will say uh, just a quick news uh, mention. Barbarian is out with Justin Long. Uh, I, we haven't checked it out, but I do want to get out to see that. Like at some point I heard it's fucking bonkers. I haven't uh, even heard of this. Yeah, Justin Long, Justin Long and um, uh, damn it. I can't remember who else is in it, but apparently it's like sleazy and crazy. So <laughs> we're going to have to check that out. Okay, Producer Kate, I have a talking point before we get to the movie of the night which is crimes of the future um and this will be like similar to our review episodes like because it's a 2022 movie um but the first the talking point um jack recently my buddy jack friend of the show jack uh recently started working with me again so we've had a lot of time to talk and um in our talks i've realized that he's a huge skeptic so he doesn't believe in aliens he doesn't believe in like anything like uh you know any of these conspiracy theories um, so I want I was curious, um, cause I know you're a bit of a skeptic kind of thing. Whereas like, I believe like everything that I hear, um, but conspiracy theories, you know, very divisive, very, uh, crazy, you know, there's some out there conspiracy theories for sure. The JFK assassination, the moon landing, uh, birds aren't real, um, <laughs> flat earth, Prince of Diana being assassinated. Um, oh, I a hundred percent believe they killed Princess Diana. Oh boy. Rest in peace to the queen. 
<laughs> I think I'm more with the Irish when it comes to the Queen. Yeah. Uh, well, and actually, probably most English people are like, what's the point of them anymore? Yeah, no offense to any, <laughs> you know, any of our UK <laughs> listeners or anything. Uh, but uh, yeah, rest in peace with the Queen out there. But back to uh, <laughs> conspiracy theories. Kate, what's the most bonkers conspiracy theory that you actually believe? Um, I can go first if you want me to. Bonkers? I don't know if that... To me, I'm not very susceptible to most conspiracy theories. Uh-huh. I will tell you the Mandela effect I sometimes okay. believe because I feel like there's people forgetting things and then there's like a, a whole generation of people all forgetting the same thing and that yeah. seems unlikely to me, right? Like the Berenstain Berenstain Bears for instance mm-hmm. like I grew up in a time where it was Berenstain Bears period mm-hmm. there was no stain there was no A at the end of that you know and <laughs> like that one I truly believe like there's something going on there whether or not it's like I don't really understand like the explanation I couldn't spout off to you what people the official definition or whatever people have made up about what the Mandela effect means mm-hmm. but the idea that there's like infinite universes I think that that is that's like a scientific theory. Yeah, it's not yeah. just a conspiracy theory. Yeah. Like that there are like infinite universes, and it's possible that we could be like waving in and out of the the neighboring kind of. I don't uh-huh. know no, if, if sure. you try to. I guess if you think of it that way, um, like in, in that linear kind of way, which is not probably the way you're meant to. But regardless, that in certain points in time, those things can happen. I think, what do they call it? The Mandela effect? Because some uh, whole generation believe Nelson Mandela died. He died in prison. But he didn't. Yeah, he died in prison. That's right. But um, yeah, I think that's probably the most out there one. When I talk about it to some people, they think I'm, they look at me like I'm crazy, (laughs) but I'm like, I don't, I feel like that is not that, not that wild to think about. I remember uh, me and my friend Ari, we're talking at work one day and I like started talking about how like it's like uh, some like and me and Mike Bertram have talked about it before, like in, you know, when we were at like the hookah bar or something with our dusk jackets on. But it's uh, that like everything is like reality is like a simulation and shit like oh, that. That's a big one. People yeah. <laughs> get into. I don't know if I believe that we're all a simulation. I heard some flat earther talking about how he thought um <laughs> there were just like little aliens in our brains just operating oh us. that'd be so killer and i'm like well wouldn't they show up on a scan yeah no like, shit wouldn't they, they want out of our good. heads right <laughs> why would they want to be here doing this like yeah. you know uh i think the craziest one that i buy is that um and it has to do with 9-11 it's not about 9-11 but i think i buy that flight 93 well i think that flight 93 was shot down I don't know if that's too risky. I don't even know if I've heard that one. I really stay away from anywhere that where conspiracy theories mm-hmm. are ab- abundant. You know, like I d- or where people really talk about them a lot. Like I don't seek out content about conspiracy theories. Yeah, see, so. I do. I, yeah. I delve down. That. <laughs> um, <laughs> I fucking go down that way. Yeah, hardcore. it just it's infuriating sometimes to listen to some of the super not so ones. Oh my especially god, especially the flat earthers. Like t- the way they spout off, like they are some kind of you know, source and some kind of like scientific expert about something. Yeah. They are absolutely <laughs> wrong. Like yeah. it's, it's so stupid. And uh, like, I admit that that one's out there, but yeah. It's yeah. Not, some it's of these, beyond, it's not out there. It's wrong. Yeah. It's wrong. 
Oh yeah, no, no, no. I, I'm talking about the Flight 93 one. Oh. Like it's out there. Yeah, like, you I know. Don't, but yeah, flat Earth and like dinosaurs not being real and some of that shit is like so crazy. And <laughs> people like believe that. I remember one of my buddies one time like messaged me on Messenger and was like, uh, "Go outside and light the snow up." And I was like, "Buddy, you need to help." <laughs> <laughs> I won't reveal his name, but you know he's an old old childhood friend. Um, so what? What made you want to talk about conspiracy? Theory? I don't know. It's just something that we've been talking about a lot this week. Like, like I said, Jack <laughs> doesn't t- doesn't believe in um, a lot of these kids are skeptics, man. Uh, he doesn't believe in ghosts or like aliens or anything like that. Like he doesn't believe in anything like that. Yeah, because c- like we can, I think we can see Europa, but we can't like, and we can see what it's made out of, but we can't. You know, I think it's like one of Jupiter's moons or something. Or what's that one planet that they're always talking about? Europa, I think, is. Um, the one that's like earth-like but we can see it but we don't know if like anything's living on it or whatever and it's like has oceans and shit i guess right but but to think of like when you look at those deep space photos like what you're saying Uh like these are like all galaxies they look like they're they're stars but they're actually galaxies with like millions of stars in each one you know and many of those stars have planets you know and it's just like i can't believe there's that we're the only ones who can you know think and reflect and I don't know. There's got to be other beings out there. Here's another dark thought is like civilizations is the reason why we aren't being visited because the civilizations don't last much longer than like we have, like because of nuclear war and shit like that. Like, you know, that's like a deep kind of like, because if you think about it, like we're probably, we're like a fucking hair away from like destroying the entire planet like every day probably like all these guys in power with fucking their hands on the nuclear bombs like you know all it takes is like one coked up leader to fucking like launch on another leader and it's like the whole world would be fucking over you know what i'm saying like that is like and i know that's like crazy and dark to think about but it is that's more likely to happen before absolutely we manage to make contact with absolutely (laughs) yeah like so what does jack not believe that there's not aliens that have actually already been yeah i think he more so he thinks that there's aliens out there but he doesn't think that they're coming here like and i was like dude that's no way like what is all what are all these ufos and shit and like notice the government dropped that the ufos were like they don't know what they are and they might be alien in origin like during the pandemic when no one gave a fuck yeah it's like i don't I don't care dude like just send me my fucking stimulus check because i'm trying to bu- go buy milk and eggs he's like people yeah the government was like people are already whipped into a frenzy about the pandemic yeah. they won't let's just drop this out there they dropped like fucking twenty thousand pages or something like in that report the news cycle's too busy to cover it yeah no shit dude but um <laughs> yeah, I thought that was a fun. We constantly talk about ghosts and like um we have uh this uh Haitian coworker which is awesome because we were diving into all kinds of like uh stuff from our childhood and stuff and she said one of her childhood stories was like shadow people, which is fucking like spooky. Like they were mm-hmm. talking she was talking about how her mom and grandma used to tell her not to uh like trust her shadow and shit like that. Like uh, I was like holy shit. That's that's creepy, bud. Yeah. And probably know. factual. Like, legit. That's a lot of fear for one kid to take on. Yeah, I'm looking on. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, why is it that, and we've talked about it with minority, like with Bub and Dad, and like, why is it that minorities, like, 
we have to like scare our children to like <laughs> we're like there's a boogeyman out here like uh so don't get out, don't get out of bed because there's a boogeyman out in the hall kind of thing and just like <laughs> fuck i better go to bed <laughs> that's so crazy well, though i don't know i feel like i guess if you think of like white mm. americans you know like anglo americans like we are very sheltered and like from that kind of thing because I, I don't know we yeah, don't have like, we don't have those myths like uh, all of our stuff is like biblical like it's the things that will happen to you after you die right um for people who believe that and are raised in that but i feel like even when i think of the uk like they all had like sweeney todd you know was mm-hmm. a thing that people used to tell their kids not anymore but um yeah, there was like a, a demon barber that was come and slice your throat. Yeah. Like it's it's a bit much. Yeah, but Americans is like I couldn't know. imagine purposely trying to scare my kid. Really? No. Yeah, they did that sh- shit to us all the time. I suppose it would get it would get you like compliance maybe from your kid, but I'd rather have my kid not be scared than be compliant. Well, it's kind of fun like looking back on it, you know, because it's like I wasn't scarred by that stuff, but it's just like. You know, I don't think at least, but it's like... Well, the way your dad talks, I think a lot of a lot of those, like, things that you would think of as myths, like, he, he actually, like, believes, like, that's, those were, like, things. Oh, yeah, dad's a wacko. Those are though. true. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, I, th- I wouldn't say he's a wacko. He's, pro- he's pro- again, it's a cultural, like, if yeah. the belief is there and it's actually, like, these are real. Yeah. Then, of course, you're going to teach your kids because if you think it's real, then you're going to want to keep your kids safe, right? Mm-hmm. Um. But I'm approaching it from my perspective, and you're approaching it from your perspective, which is that they're probably not real, right? Yeah, I don't know. And so that's why it feels like just a fear tactic, I guess. But maybe in, you know, if I were to be in a different mindset. Yeah, see, in America, we're like, um, ghosts are too harmful for our kids, but here, here's a gun. Like, here's a little baby, here's a gun. Go out and kill. (laughs) Don't tell them there's monsters under their bed, but. Yeah, no shit. That'll scar them, but here's an M9. Yeah. All right, so the film of the night. <laughs> this went off the rails. Yeah, the film of the night, Crimes of the Future, 2022, uh, directed by the master David Cronenberg. Uh, scoring the film is the great Howard Shore, of course. Um, by the way, the soundtrack of this movie slaps. Like, um, <laughs> this is one that I've returned to a couple times. The Body is Reality song, uh, written and uh, produced by Howard Shore, is fucking amazing. It's like Nine Inch Nelly. Like, it's uh, really, really good. Uh, the synopsis humans adapt to a synthetic environment with new transformations and mutations with his partner Caprice Sal Tenzer celebrity performance artist publicly showcases the metamorphosis of his organs and avant-garde performances uh, cast Vigo Mortensen as Sal Tenzer uh, Leia Saudo as Caprice Kristen Stewart as Timlin uh, Don McKellar as Whippet that's a killer name <laughs> and Scott Speedman as Lang. Um, so a bit of trivia, this just came out in the UK and, uh, Ireland, much of Europe, um, September 8th, I believe, which was this last Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, the queen didn't make it to see crimes of the future. Oh, I'm sure she'd have been there. Um, I'm sure that was, she was really looking forward to it. Yeah. Well, she did. She more did like crimes in the past. Yeah, crimes right. Of the future. <laughs> <Exactly>. Uh, <laughs> She didn't make it to that, but yeah, it, this actually, and I didn't even plan this, but this actually just came out in Europe, which is crazy. Um, David Cronenberg's first feature film in eight years um, shares its title with the 1970 short film directed by David Cronenberg, although it's not really, this, like it's not really related a- uh, after that. Um, that's also a short film, if I didn't mention that. 
Uh, the script was largely adapted from an original idea that Cronenberg had had in the 90s. Um, and then it started getting in development in the early 2000s, but kind of fell apart. Uh, there was some talk that it featured Nicolas Cage back then, which, like, now that's all I want is to see him in this. Um, he bounced the idea around for years, and I think it was, like, during the pandemic that he started calling around and kind of getting this idea back together. Um, like I said earlier, film composer Howard Shores returned to his body horror roots alongside David Cronenberg. Um, what's crazy is that, and we mentioned this in the Cronenberg month that we did, he's worked on every Cronenberg film since like 1978, starting with The Brood, besides The Dead Zone, which is crazy. Um, speaking of collaborations, this is his fifth collaboration between Cronenberg and Vigo. Cronenberg uh, directed Mortensen and History of Violence, Eastern Promises, A Dangerous Method, and then Mortensen directed Cronenberg and Falling. So with that wraps up the kind of trivia about this movie. Like I said, it just came out this year. It just came out in the UK. Uh, Kate, what the hell is this movie about? Oh boy, Big yeah, question. this is a uh, this is going to be an interesting <laughs> review because um, we both only seen this once, and it's fucking like. It's it's a crazy kind of movie. So I'll say my first impression of it, spoiler free for now, mm-hmm. um, was like I felt like I was on like a like a runaway train almost like and I could and I was just trying to figure out what, what was going on the whole time. Like mm-hmm. I was just I felt like the movie was moving on before I could even process what I just what I was watching. You know, like I felt like I couldn't in the moment stay up on like okay what is actually happening until closer to the end and then it's things i guess started to come together a little bit um but it's like very disorienting at first because it's such a bizarre um premise of what like a future world and like a future society um could look like so Mm -hmm. i feel like anything i say could be spoiling it right Mm because i I have not seen the trailer i don't know i just watched this cold i did not know what i was getting myself into um so i'm scared to start talking about the plot yet Mm -hmm. until we've done like our spoiler free kind of takes on it Mm -hmm. um i will say once i actually sat down and reflected on what i had just seen i feel like this movie is good maybe even great but i don't know if i'm like supposed to think it's great or if it's actually great do you see what i mean (laughs) like i'm kind of just in this state of confusion i don't know what was your initial kind of reaction um so so yeah spoiler free and uh then we'll get into spoilers the spoiler free probably won't be that long uh because it is hard to talk about without getting into spoilers um i would say i liked this film i i don't think that i loved it um, I think this is like in between like the crash and like uh, more dead ringers kind of Cronenbergy, Cronenbergian horror. Um, <laughs> uh, I think like much toward uh, it's kind of um, it kind of made me think of Crash a couple times in here actually because yes. of like the sexual kind of stuff to body a little um is Videodrome one of his yeah like, like Videodrome, Videodrome and Crash yeah. kind of thing yeah um not as like. I don't know, not as moody and like dark as Videodrome, which I like absolutely love. It's probably in my top like five or ten of horror movies. Um, but I would say this is a solid output from Cronenberg. Like I, I would kind of, I would kind of compare this to like David Lynch's recent output, like Twin Peaks season three, where like 
it's not top tier Cronenberg, but I think it's pretty good. Like I think yeah. he does some interesting stuff, and it's um it's not like the bland fucking sugar coated bullshit that we're getting on a uh, Disney Plus. Right. So. <laughs> so, so I mean, this isn't spoiling it to say like in this world they live in, like in this movie, it takes the idea that you know from the olden days, like before. Like, when surgery was this experimental thing, like, nobody, like, you know, when the old times, like, when surgeries were done, it was called the theater. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, they would go to the theater to watch the surgery. Like, this is, like, all the doctors would kind of come together. And I think in in the UK, at least, they they still, and maybe even Australia, but they they still call, like, their operating rooms theaters. Right. So it's like, yeah. So I feel like it takes that kind of concept and to the extreme, like, Mm -hmm. and and, in that surgery and like looking at people's organs and watching autopsies and surgeries is like actually entertainment. Like, and people feel very, you know, various emotions around it. Like, either they get, they get sexually turned on by it or like some people are just like, fascinated by it some people are seeing like what the future could be because of like our bodies and then he's also you know sort of married in like the reality we're experiencing now which is that plastics are Mm -hmm. just like and microplastics just plastic in general is like taken over um and is a and it's like leaching into our foods and our waters and everything um and so he's like also explores that as a concept yeah. within the film um, without spoiling it. Um, and I think there's this underlying metaphor as well of like artists, mm-hmm. like the artist's experience, which I can talk about more once we get into spoiler territory and we can kind of talk through that metaphor a little bit. But it's kind of like artists are literally putting their inner worlds on display like they're but it's like from their brain right Mm -hmm. whereas like artists performance artists in this are putting their actual inner innards (laughs) Mm -hmm. their organs on display as art you know um so it's like the extreme of like putting everything you are out there into the world for people to scrutinize Mm -hmm. um i don't know am i close yeah no like i um i absolutely agree on a lot of those points and I'm uh, I'm ready to get into some spoilers. Okay, uh, here. I would hundred percent recommend it. Like um, as far as like non-spoiler, I would recommend this. Like if you're in the UK and stuff, go see this in theaters. Cause I think it is shot very well. Very beautiful. Um, very unique. Like I said, it's a unique movie. It's one that you're not going to forget. Like, right. It's Cause like the first time you watch crash, you're not going to fucking forget that ever, dude. No. That movie's <laughs> going to be in your mind forever. And this has a couple scenes that for sure will be in your mind. So Cronenberg fans, I don't think will be, uh, Cronenberg fans won't be like, Oh, he sold out or like, you know, anything like that. I think he delivers the goods. I, I don't think it's top tier. I think it's like middle tier kind of Cronenberg, but, uh, yeah, I recommend it. This is your spoiler warning warning. Okay. So spoilers uh, from this point on, surgery is the new sex. So I love all these taglines that he comes up with that are killer, like long live the new flesh and, you know, stuff like that. But yeah, that was the, unless I got that wrong, I think this, this one was like surgery is the new sex is like the new tagline with this movie. Um, So yeah, you were getting into a little bit like as far as like the themes go and stuff. So do you want to like 
Um, Let's just w- kind of walk through the film mm-hmm. from at least as best my notes yeah. in my memory can recall. <laughs> and, yeah. and who knows, maybe I even have the plot wrong. I don't know. I think I have it right. Um, and then that will lend uh, for mm-hmm. us to talk about maybe the performance in that scene or this scene or whatever. Yeah. We can kind of talk about the elements of it all rather mm-hmm. than just talk plot. Um, so it starts out and there's this um, mother and her young son he's probably i don't know what five six five six Mm -hmm. um and he's playing out in the beach and she's telling him like don't eat any of that stuff out there um which is a weird thing to say (laughs) and then you and he comes in and come to find he eats plastic he's he sits down in the bathroom he's eating a like plastic trash can and like foamy his like this weird kind of material like acidic materials like kind of coming mm-hmm. out of his mouth and he's just crunching and actually eating this plastic and she just is disgusted by this kid like she hates her child she ends up um suffocating him killing him and then calling her the the boy's father who's lang who you meet later on um and basically is like come get this creature you call a son like she doesn't even think of him as as a human she thinks of him as some yeah. like, weird creature by the way was that like um, just to like broaden that, like it opens up, like one of your points about this movie was that it's disorienting and it really, like it really is cause it opens up on the beach and this kid's there, his mom tells him not to eat anything and there's like ships and shit like all wrecked out at sea, which I think mm-hmm. is one of the big themes of the movie, obviously that we'll get to. But yeah, like what's your move though? If your kid like starts eating plastic and shit, like, well, that there's an actual thing called pica that, uh-huh. that humans now get like, and uh-huh. they, that's. A lot of what you see on like uh, what's that show my weird addiction my strange addiction yeah. uh, are a lot of those are people with pica who will eat like plastic yeah. or they'll eat you know um chalk or see i got that but i just eat chinese food or yeah. <laughs> no that's edible food yeah. like where you're for whatever reason their body craves this like inorganic non-edible material right um some people eat like mattresses baby wipes you, know, oh you name God. it diapers like there's just like something in their brain that makes them want to eat just anything. And so at first I thought that's what they were doing. They were setting mm-hmm. up like this kid has pica and his mom is just ne- negligent and just watching him eat this, like even though it's going to make him sick and kill him. Well, that's not what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why I was immediately thrown off is because then I was like meant to believe that this kid can actually digest plastic, which is a big central you know, part of the plot. Um, so this kid, I think his name's Brecken or something like that, um, is dead. Uh, and then it cuts to, um, you're meeting Caprice and Saul and they are, um, partners, lovers, whatever. Um, and they are performance artists. She is a former surgeon. I guess she is a surgeon, but she doesn't practice surgery. She's not a doctor like anymore. Like Mm -hmm. she, just she does these performances with her husband and what's special about Saul her I'm kind of calling him her husband I don't know if they're married doesn't matter um, but anyway what's special about Saul is that his body spontaneously grows new organs yeah he has the accelerated evolution syndrome right so yeah so he can his body can do this I don't know if he's the only person who can, but he's one of few. So he's special. Mm-hmm. And people um, in this time um, are very, you know, excited 
and aroused by the idea of people growing new organs. And to date, he thinks that his new organs that he grows, which he then tattoos, um, like medical tattoos to, you know, indicate that this is not a natural human organ. Mm -hmm. Um, He tattoos it and then he, as his performance, lays on this table and there's these like contraptions that have been that are very futuristic but yet they look ancient um they're made of bones or something is what it looks like almost but anyway they like it does a surgery on him live for an audience where it removes the organ that's got the tattoo on it and people are like wow Mm -hmm. but as far as he knows he thinks that the organs that keep popping up are useless like they have no function other than to make him feel weak and sick or um that it's like that this is a problem and it's not like it's not evolutionary in his mind like i'm not evolving in real time Mm -hmm. you find out later that's probably more likely what's happening but i'm getting ahead of myself it's very hard to (laughs) no it is like like, i did not i'm not gonna lie to you like a lot of this stuff i I had to like stop the film write some notes think about what i just saw and then keep going it's not one that it's not a film you're gonna like to me that you can just sit down and enjoy i think i'm a pretty sharp person Mm -hmm. but you can't just like watch it and like get it right away like Mm -hmm. i don't know maybe smarter people out there than me (laughs) anyway uh so you find out that that that's kind of the the world that you live in like any new organs are seen as almost criminal like if you don't tattoo them and remove them and register them like that's illegal right Mm -hmm. like the like the unnatural quote-unquote unnatural evolution of humans is like underground illegal stuff but you find out there's a whole underground movement, by the way, of people who, I don't know where they get the organs or if they're just like um, created in like 3D labs, you know, mm-hmm. um, but they have taken body modification to a whole new level where they are literally modifying their um, their organs and their organ systems, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I'll get to that in a minute. But that is seen as illegal, and there is a whole like. That's the, the cops have a whole unit for it. They call it what do yeah. they call it? The it's called the new vice unit. And um, that's where we meet yeah. Timlin and and what is it? Uh, Whippet is it Whippet? Timlin and Whippet are part of this like almost secret registry. Be yeah. everyone knows about it, but mm-hmm. it's kind of hush hush for whatever reason but everyone in this art scene apparently knows about it and it's like this government agency right as far as like which makes sense like anything that happens like you know the government's gonna want to regulate it and like get in there and like see what's going on or at least that's what i took from yeah their department's just tracking it as far as i know they're not actually like enforcing any kind of um they're not enforcing any kind of law around it they're just like we're the registry you have to register your new organs with us um and they're tracking, right? Mm-hmm. Well, it turns out they're also a, cu- a bunch of perverts. Like, yeah. they get sexually aroused by the the idea that these people can create new organs, and or yeah. just by the organs themselves. Like, it's very strange. I can't relate to it because I don't understand it. But in this world, also, I guess it's worth pointing out that people don't feel pain mm-hmm. anymore. Yeah, that's a big thing. As far um, as- and so, anytime anyone feels anything, is like 
almost like a sexual pleasure because that's how little feeling anyone has mm-hmm. like sensations i should say um which yeah and like we said we met timlin which is like my my favorite character of this movie i think because i think kristen stewart's just going for it and she's like constantly being aroused <laughs> and like going after our main character like vigo uh, I don't know, man. There's just something about Kristen Stewart that I like her in a lot of stuff. Like, I liked her in, um, what was that fucking movie? Uh, it was, like, set underwater. Like, I loved her in that. I can't remember what the name of it what was. It was called Underwater. Sorry. Yeah, I think I think so. I think it was, like, something simple like that. But I've loved her in every, like, everything I've seen her in. She always just, and she fucking goes for it in this movie. Yeah, and I respect that. she really goes for it. <laughs> yeah, I respect that. But, like... Yeah, a lot of these scenes that you're talking about and a lot of these ideas, it like it very much makes you think of like Videodrome and Crash, and, like the mm-hmm. secret societies and stuff like that, and uh, people being into mutilation and into pain. Um, but yeah, so from there we well, you meet a couple of bed technicians. So this is another element of yeah. the society. So a lot of people, I would say, not all. Um, but Saul in this case, um, because his, he, his body is constantly making these organs. Like he gen, he does feel pain, uh, which I think is why people are turned on by him because he's Mm -hmm. unique, but, um, he has a special bed that like hooks him to his nervous system and constantly adjusts Mm -hmm. based on where his pain is coming from so that he can avoid feeling pain Mm -hmm. so he can sleep. Right. He also has a weird chair and other people use it too. They use these contraptions. Like he's not the only one. There's I guess plenty of people who do, but there's like a a eating chair. So they they sit in this (laughs) very, fucking weird looking chair it's like made of bones um but it's also like hyper technological i don't know and so it's supposed to make eating more comfortable and digestion more easy because he saul's character struggles to eat every day he will try to eat human food like regular food that we're used to or they're used to and like he feels extreme pain um his body will like sort of choke up and almost not eat it like physically can't chew and swallow it and then what gets down he's like struggles to digest it or whatever um which again is a huge to the plot at first it's like why are they fucking showing me this mm-hmm. but it all comes together in the end so uh stay with it if you if you decide to watch it after hearing our explanation um but yeah so these technicians come because his unit sark unit or whatever is like faulty he's feeling pain again so they come to start fixing to fix it and then you find out that saul and caprice have this um autopsy machine it's like Mm -hmm. this vintage autopsy machine um that is and these technicians treat it like car enthusiasts would treat like a super old perfectly mint condition like car like old car or something you know like that's the vibe that they have when they're seeing it they're like super impressed and excited about it they want to see it in action you know um and so sorry my notes become very like crazy after this point (laughs) (laughs) i think as long as we get to the boy you see it you see one of their performances which i've kind of Mm -hmm. mentioned a little bit like where he they remove the organ and everything. So you actually see that happen. 
Um, he's awake during the surgery, by the way, because he doesn't feel that much pain, you mm-hmm. know. Um, so, like you said, surgery is a new sex. Seeking pain is an art form. Um, so you you also see like an, a party with a bunch of artists. Caprice is walking around and she's like seeing the in their. I think it's just an excuse for Cronenberg to show a bunch of like weird looking shit, like mm-hmm. of people's bodies. Um, but she's meeting other artists because she's starting to want to be more part of more part of these performances um, and less of kind of like a, bi- a beautiful bystander who just presents things like she wants to do surgery rather than just, you know, tell a poem or something profound, say something profound while surgery is happening, which is originally kind of been her role or traditionally. Um, but yeah, there's like people with like ears all sewn all over their bodies. Yeah, that's and, a killer image. Um, there's there's this one, uh, if you're talking about the party scene, there's this one where this, this lady has like, she's another artist or something. She has just like slashes all over her face or something. Yeah, and Caprice even does some body modification after that event. But um, I think they show you that essentially to show that Lang, um, which is a reminder... Brecken, the boy that's murdered at the beginning, it's his dad. He is part of this underground um, outfit. Uh, and Lang finds Saul and um, offers up his son's body for an autopsy performance, like performance art show. Mm-hmm. Um, he's like, my son, like, his wife... He's like his his mother killed him. Um, you need to do this autopsy, and I don't know how much he tells Saul in the in the beginning um, about why he should do it, but um, I think he he might reveal have revealed to him at that point like my son could eat you know he could eat plastic like he was mm-hmm. and it was natural like he wasn't modified he he was a truly evolved human being like naturally evolved to the the earth that we have mm-hmm. and the food like the nature of our food and he can process plastic and he's amazing and we need to do an autopsy to show people how amazing this is and that um the human evolution like should not be seen as this fringe scary thing yeah he wants to use Saul's platform almost as like a a way to like get that out in the open and at this point Saul is an informant for the new vice unit like Mm -hmm. these um, cops that essentially are policing and keeping tabs on anyone who's trying to make their body less human as we know it now um so these these body modifiers um and as far as they know, they don't think it's even possible for people to evolve naturally, even though they see Saul then his body is constantly growing organs. Like they know it's possible. Mm-hmm. Um, but this kid was born different. And so he, his father, since he's, you know, his son is dead, he stole his son's body. Um, or so he thought. <laughs> we'll get to it. Um so Saul tells the detective that he is informant for about what's going on. They call what Lang has or like his mindset as evolutionary derangement. <laughs> it's just a weird concept, right? It's like, it's hard to wrap your mind around when you think of like what we consider crimes now, mm-hmm. 
which is the whole point, crimes of the future. Um, but anyway, uh, Saul <laughs> um, and Caprice are like talking about this autopsy performance. Like, are we going to do it? How are we going to do it? They ultimately um, are kind of thinking about it, working on it. Um, the bed technicians are like randomly in their house and they're like fixing something else and they're like stripping down laying i don't know it's just there's very what weird was that scene scenes about? like i have yeah. no idea dude because i think um yeah i think i don't know i from what i took of that i think they're just like uh i think people just want a piece of that couple because like you said the the way that they can feel pain or like maybe I don't know, them being inhuman is like a way of like showing their humanity kind of thing. Like, I don't, I don't know. I think people crave that pain or something. Um, but yeah. <laughs> Someone explain that scene. You're speechless. I don't, I don't understand it. Um, but you also find out that amidst all this other stuff that's happening, there's something called, like, it's again, it's another underground thing that should be happening, but it's called the inner beauty pageant. Mm-hmm. Um, and the people actually running it are within the government, right? They are part of the registry. Like I think it's Whippet mm-hmm. who is leading the charge of this inner beauty pageant, which is also underground and also technically illegal. Like people shouldn't be doing this. Like they're actually modifying their bodies so that, and almost like flashing <laughs> mm-hmm. the they're in their inner organs to people, right? Um, and he basically tells Saul like you are like the crown jewel of the inner beauty pageant because of these organs you make or whatever. Um, and he, Saul ends up installing, having a zipper installed almost mm-hmm. in his abdomen where he tends to grow his organs in his abdomen. Um, where there's like this window that he can just show people his organs at any moment. Right. And he comes home and shows Caprice his, lover wife whatever and this is one of the most disgusting strange scenes to me she starts making out like tongue kissing his open abdomen oh yeah yeah at one point it's like is that super sexual like i i just i can't understand like how there could be a future where that is what feels sexual to people but okay mm-hmm. um <laughs> it's just bizarre um lang or no saul is seeking more information about the boy that everyone wants autopsied because like if he's going to do this art like it's going to affect him and his standing you know in the community and he's also fishing for information to feed back to the detectives and everything so um he visits juna the the mom of the boy that was killed in jail she tells him what he needs to know which is that um lang has the bot has the body and like Lang and his she calls him them his cannibal friends um <laughs> and she says like if you're a barbie then they're cannibals mm-hmm. which is it doesn't make sense at first and then it makes sense later on but what she means is like if you're a barbie made of plastic mm-hmm. they're cannibals because they eat plastic so you basically find out they're a bunch of plastic eaters they have they've changed up their organs so they can digest plastic mm-hmm. uh, and what you find out about the boy Brecken is that because his dad had done this to his body uh, and then had sex with her and had a baby 
that he somehow passed on this modif this manual modification he made of his body in one generation has become hereditary which is like an amazing like slap in the face to science frankly because that's not actually a thing that that's not how evolution happens like evolution is like sped up at incredible speed now and it's something that people don't like that's truly revolutionary mm -hmm. in this world um and so you find out lang's people and his cannibal friends they call them cannibals they're not um but anyway that they are actually they have been manufacturing as well these like plastic bars like they're like purple goo bar things yeah like, that put me in the mood for as soon as i watched this, this is pretty funny but like as soon as i watched this i went out and got like a fucking hersey bar because that put me in such a mood of like <laughs> for chocolate bars yeah i don't know um yeah it's all very like it's hard to keep up with and it's very um and we, we paused a couple times and we can we paused a couple times um talking about the plot just trying to remember like where it ends up going but it's like they get the boy on the table and uh they cut into him and from what i took they had replaced his organs, right? So, like... So, here's what you find out. I'm just mm -hmm. going to, like... We're not going to walk through it the way the movie does. Yeah. Like, you don't find this out toward until, like, afterward. But when they they put on this autopsy show, the little boy's body's there, and they're treating it... Caprice is treating it very solemnly because it's really sad that this boy's dead. Mm -hmm. um, and they oh, the machine starts to pull out his organs, and they're all tattooed. Um, which would be an indicate, which would be horrific thing to do to a child, right? Is to take a child and have their body modified. Mm -hmm. Um, and Lang is like beside himself. He's like, there's no way. Um, and he's just distraught and everyone in the place is just like disgusted because this is like, you can modify yourself, but like you should never do this to kids apparently in this society. Um, and Caprice is even disgusted. She starts saying things like, our world is ruining our children. Um, everyone's horrified. Um, some people were theorizing that Juna did it as a message. I think that's what Lang thought. He said, like, Juna did this to, as a message to me or whatever. So he can't fathom because he thinks he has had custody of his son's body the entire time, um, which isn't the truth. You find out that um brecken's insides were originally natural and they were replaced by these cops these cops got to the, the boy's body first mm -hmm. um or they somehow got to the body period before the autopsy happened and they were they put these organs in to make people disgusted to put, throw people off of the fact that humans human beings are evolving Mm -hmm. at an incredible rate because it's a crime to evolve um i guess and <laughs> so the you find out the uh the bed technicians are actually you know probably government operatives they shoot and kill lang um, mm -hmm. after the performance um and then there's a scene where saul is you know talking to the detective he reveals like yeah we were behind it all that's how you find out um and then the movie ends with Saul. He's like, 
he he's sitting in that chair and he like can't eat because that that eating chair is not helping him anymore. Mm-hmm. And he had taken one of those synthetic plastic bars um, at some point and he takes it out and just tries it out. He eats it. And he like it ends with like a close up kind of of his face experiencing like some kind of euphoria mm-hmm. or some re- like it's like a euphoric relief. Like, ah, oh, I can finally like this is what my body's been wanting is plastic. And he's just like, yeah, euphoric relief is just like the last emotion that they show you. And it's a close up and that's it. So did I get it right? I think so. Yeah, okay. I, I think we did. Um <laughs> So this movie has a lot to say. Now we can argue whether like it landed a lot of its ideas, but I think it does have great ideas and uh, great themes, I think. So one of the themes that I wanted to touch on with you is, and you just brought it up with like evolution and like um, kind of like, a, I think this is like a sneaky kind of climate change movie because it's like yeah. we're... Um, like you said, we're dumping plastics in the oceans. And like, uh, one thing that I found out the other day, I read an article on Twitter. I always keep off of like climate change Twitter because it fucking depresses the shit out of me. But like glitter is like the worst thing in the fucking world. Cause like it ends up in the ocean and it's like tiny plastic. Yeah. Microplastics. Yeah. Um, it's like getting in the water and our fish are starting to eat it. And then Mm -hmm. we're eating the fish. And on top of that, it's like getting into, like the ground, mm-hmm. you know, and then it's getting into plants and it's getting into animals that we eat. So like, it's just like, it, and of course people are saying it's in our water. So like, oh, it probably is. It's becoming, yeah, yeah inescapable that we're going to like, we're consuming more and more plastic every year. Mm-hmm. And I think, yeah, it's a bit of a sneaky, you know, um, just it's. I don't know if it's as much about climate change as it is about just pollution in general, mm-hmm. um, especially plastic pollution. I think that's the specific thing it's attacking now because um, I don't get too much into I, I will say like the landscape is very bland. I didn't it, it's not like luscious and green and, you yeah. know, it's there's not a lot of forests and beauty, like beautiful, beautiful nature. It is very kind of cold mm-hmm. and concrete. Um, kind of I, I don't remember seeing much nature so no and what we do see of the sea like i said there's like ships on their sides and shit oh yeah there's like a crashed airplane or Mm -hmm. something in the first scene it's just like the sea is even littered the beaches are littered it is like it is it is one of those movies that when you start talking about that kind of stuff it kind of um it kind of throws you into reality of like okay so we are like on this planet and we're like stuck here and we're making it shittier by the day um, and we're eating like processed foods, which I just read an article also that said that like uh, microwavable pizzas and stuff like that like cause cancer. Like they were like, it just does, you know. Like well, which everybody knew. Highly but. processed foods are are also cause dementia or like in, or increase your chances of getting dementia. When well, you that's good because I don't eat processed foods at all. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, I neither do I. All yeah. of us do. Yeah, but yeah, that's what they're saying. So just we'll all be like cancer riddled and dementia dementia riddled like it's well and this has come up before like uh, with a lot of our body horror type of episodes because it's hard to not draw the parallel of like cancers and stuff like that but it's like cancer is just such a mysterious like fucking crazy like like fuck cancer like and it's crazy but it is like mysterious and like what we don't know about it and stuff yeah we know how like 
we treat it, but we don't mm-hmm. always know what causes it. Mm-hmm. Um, and why I guess it does. Maybe they do. I just don't know that much about it. But I mean, you can think of these like or this spontaneous organ growth as cancer. Uh-huh. Like if you like what that's what tumors are. Um, but in this case, these are actually like functioning organs um, that Brecken has, you know, like he has evolved, you know, and I guess you could think of the theme of evolution as well as ha- like the, the message could be among many messages, I guess, that like in this reality, in this film, like to physically evolve is a crime, like but if you think about it, our in our current society, like to emotionally and mentally evolve, there are huge swaths of people mm-hmm. who see that as a negative thing. They see that as like like evolving instead of sticking to old traditions and old ways of doing things and old mindsets and old, you know, teachings. Like evolving to them is like abhorrent. Yeah, it's like we're still going off fucking coal plants and shit like that and it's like dude we need to leave that shit like contrary to like every scientist on the planet you know we're still like going down that path of Mm -hmm. like you know automobiles coal plants like all this other shit like the old ways of doing stuff um but yeah do you think that human beings like are evolving human beings (laughs) you think that human beings are i mean we are evolving for sure like i know that but like evolution is a very very slow process we'll never like witness it in our time in our life the way they do in this film like that's Mm -hmm. not a thing that happens like this spontaneous evolution as far as i know does not exist it's not a thing so like this is a future where evolution can speed up within one generation like Mm -hmm. um and it can go from like it's not like Brecken's dad, Lang, had his own, like, just a few natural, weird, like, organ, like different organs. Mm-hmm. It was, like, his organs were fully normally human, as we know them now. And then he modified himself and then had a kid, and that got hereditarily passed down somehow. That is bizarre and yeah, and not like, something that happens in real life. And you can adapt, but, like, yeah, totally evolving is a different, like... It, most of the time that shit probably doesn't go well for like a species. Like, like I said, I, every time I go down uh climate change Twitter or like, you know, just shit like that, like, you know, they always bring up like the polar bears and how the polar bears are like migrating South more South and more South every year because it's like the, you know, it's getting warmer and like they don't have a lot of ice to stand on to fish or like anything like that. So they're like, kind of encroaching on like black bear and polar bear or black bear and grizzly bear territory too. So it's like all these animals are kind of like starting to head south, like into regions that they don't like normally spend time and shit. So like in a way it's like that they're adapting, but it's not, you know, it's not evolving. Right. right. So like their bodies are not, are still not equipped right. to thrive in the world that's changing too fast around them. Like there are tons of, you know, examples of, you know, like those deep sea fish that for instance, like (laughs) they have these crazy evolutionary things where they can like light up or they can, Mm -hmm. um, they're like completely transparent or their eyes are super big because it's so dark and they can, you know, that kind of stuff happens over like 
incredibly mm-hmm. long periods of time and it's very much natural selection process like the ones who can survive in that kind of environment over a long period of time like that those are the ones that continue to evolve the species but again it's a long process so i don't know exactly what he's trying to say um mm-hmm. in this film where that's all that that whole like scientific concept is like completely turned on its head almost mm-hmm. um, in that it can happen that fast um yeah so. Yeah, it's crazy. It's like it's shit, maybe man. that like we're like to survive in the world that we're changing and we're changing it at a pace like that's unsustainable the way it is. That like it's we're gonna have to learn how to evolve overnight or we're gonna all die. So maybe yeah. that's his point. But yeah, I mean we're all screwed. That's the, <laughs> that's the bottom line. Like we really are, man. Um, why don't we go around and give like some of our favorite scenes and stuff? If you don't have any other themes that you want to touch, no, I think I think there's probably some other stuff. Like like, like I said, there's this whole like artist motif, or I don't know if it's a motif, like, but this it's kind of a th- a theme or a metaphor, I guess, too, which I mentioned at the beginning. But I don't think I have like I won't belabor it, but I think that's probably part of it, or they wouldn't have like made the main character's performance artists Mm -hmm. you know like if they would have just been like oh these are this is a kink or this is like you know doing surgery on yourself is this like underground like cool thing people do at a club you know they could have done it any number of ways but they chose like this is an elevated bougie art form like performance like avant-garde art form and so for me there's got to be this like theme of an artist putting all of their inside out to the world like i said to be viewed consumed like uh, fawned over or sexualized or whatever the audience wants to do about your body or like your art like your tiktok and only fans um <laughs> for sure so um anyway. putting your body out there for subscribers and shit well but it's not even just about the body thing i think you like the whole metaphor is like an an artist like a painter or a -hmm. sculptor or something like that's like they've put all of themselves into that and put it out in the world for everyone else to you know sorry to judge sexualize admire hate Mm -hmm. whatever it may be you know and i think there's something there's something there um that's again much more underlying and not so overt in its message but i don't know maybe i'm off about that too (laughs) all right so favorite scenes give me one give me one of your favorite scenes in this movie they're they're all so bizarre Uh, i think my favorite scene the one that like i think i laughed at a little bit there's some dark comedy in here for sure Mm -hmm. i laughed at it but i like i don't know i just thought it was good um is this there's a scene where Kristen stewart's character tim lynn or whatever uh is alone at the registry with um with saul at one Uh point and she and she is literally on the prowl she is so like she wants him sexually so bad in the weird way that Mm -hmm. she wants him um and i should note people still do normal sex um Mm -hmm. or like as we know normal sex i guess um but it's not the most con- like it's not the what people really tend to go for i guess um anyway so she is just like talking to him about this inner beauty pageant i think i forget the what they're talking about but um she kind of is like 
it's kind of physical comedy because she's like going after him and he's like backing up and like they're yeah. going around the room. She's great, man. She's it's, great in this movie. <laughs> she's basically like chasing him around the room, you know, trying to like advance on him sexually. And I think she kisses him in like a traditional kiss style and she like apologizes and says like, sorry, I'm not used to kissing in the old way or whatever. It's kind of like a reverse. And I saw this on Twitter earlier. And it, yeah, it's unwelcome. It's a reverse of like what men usually do to women in movies. It's a little like Pepe Le Pew. Put you your know? fingers <laughs> in her mouth and shit. And it's, like she does that to him, which is hilarious. Yeah. Um, but she's like, is that the same scene when he lays down on the bed and she like looks at his organs and is like uh, basically like biting her lip and like no, all this other that's shit? A di- <laughs> that's a different scene earlier on where yeah. they're laying the foundation for you to know yeah. that Timlin has like a sexual attraction to him yeah. for that weird reason. Yeah. But um, no, this is later on where she actually makes her move. Mm. Um, I just, that scene just, it was funny, but it was also, I think like when you say Kristen Stewart really went for it, yeah. that's the scene I think of. Yeah, she really went really for good. it. Um, I don't know why, but mm-hmm. that's what I thought was funny. And there's no like weird like contraptions in it. And the, there's, it's a little more of like a human scene, I guess, mm-hmm. than like all of the bizarro body horror stuff. But what about you? What was your favorite? So I think my favorite scene is, um, we kind of get a glimpse of what this movie is going to be. So it's like, it's the first scene when we get a, like a, a taste of what their art is and like he's laying on the bed and he's getting cut open and shit and they're like fondling around his <laughs> like uh his fucking his fucking body parts inside of his stomach uh, with these weird machines and shit and the score is kicking in and it's the body is reality song um but it's just like it's so fucking weird and it c- kind of gives you that like that's where like I was immediately in because you're like okay this is a Cronenberg movie like you know, I know Brandon's doing his thing and stuff, but like daddy Cronenberg is fucking back. Like, (laughs) you know, there's a machine fucking making squishy noises in a dude's stomach. Like it's just, it was just so weird. And then you can't, I can't help but not bring up, but bring up like the, the scene when she's, uh, performing fellatio on his little zipper. (laughs) Yeah. What would that be called? It would have its own name. Yeah, I don't know, man. Technically, yeah, I don't know, but it was just so weird and like out there and like I said, darkly humorous. Like, I don't know. Like, there was a bunch of walkouts and shit when this screened at Cannes Film Festival, and I'm just like imagining all like the the uh, stuffy people like walking out. Really? Why would you walk out? Like, it's one of the most like bizarre, like can't take my eyes away. What the Mm -hmm. fuck is happening? Kind of films I've watched in a very long time. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, I have to throw those two scenes out there. Um, yeah, I, I recommend this movie, man. Like, do we want to get into our final rating? Yeah, let's give it a final rating. All right. Uh, do you want to go ahead? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to give this because I don't really know what to rate it because I think mm-hmm. I need to see it again. Four out of five. I'm just going to say it. Four. I'm, I'm conflicted about it. I want mm-hmm. everyone to know because like, I might rate it lower after seeing it again or I might like think it's a masterpiece. I don't know. But I don't think it's ever going to be five because I no. don't. I don't think I'll ever want to like watch it over and over again. I, it's see, just not like that. And if I were to go five on Cronenberg, like I would think like The Fly, The Brood, Videodrome. Like those are like five movies, you know, five yeah. star movies. I, I would give it a four too, like not to interrupt, but it's just we have the same rating. Um, mm-hmm. Like I said, I think this is mid tier. Like I think it's somewhere around like Crash and 
Dead Ringers for me. I think it's like, way better than Crash. You I think so? <laughs> yes. See, I, I dug Crash for what it was. Like, it, it, Crash is way more. Crash way is more borderline humorous. porn. Like, it was <laughs> weird. No. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's around like Crash Dead Ringers for me. Like, um, nowhere near like the top tier though for 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 me. No. Um, but it's certainly to me not like three where I just like, no. I enjoyed it on a tolerable level. Like, and it's definitely some there's something more to it there's yeah. it's a little bit more intelligent it's a little bit more um i don't know visually interesting mm-hmm. to look at you know mm-hmm. it's not that total halfway middle of the road it's something more i think that's why i went with four all right who four knows maybe I'd, i maybe it'll earn some like 0. 0.5 or something or yeah we'll see yeah, we'll see. Like, uh, yes, yeah, an interesting movie for sure. Um, but that about does it for horrifying my friends this week. Um, what did you think about Crimes of the Future? And what are your uh, what are the craziest conspiracy theories that you actually buy into? Um, but yeah, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Horrifying My Friends, and on Twitter at Horrifying MF. Hit me a line at TikTok, and on Twitter at uh captain creature at Capt- captain creature capped creature <laughs> capped creature i always fuck that up um but yeah hit us a line uh tell us what your uh favorite cronenberg film is and favorite uh crazy conspiracy theory but uh yeah have a week have a body horror week Fine, my friends. <laughs>